Alaska's newsmakers. Action Line KINY. And hello, everybody. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. I am your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me in the studio today, I have Dan Robinson. And oh my gosh, I feel so bad for forgetting your name now, Karina. <laughs> Karina. Karina Weeble. Karina Weeble. Uh, both of you are from the Department of Labor. And first of all, how are you both doing? This is my first time seeing you guys this year. Good. Beautiful, sunny day in southeast Alaska. Yep, I can't complain. The sun makes everything better for me. That is definitely true. I think I was having a, a chat with some of the other folks that work here in the building. I'm like, oh, how can I justify all the, the rain later on? I'm like, well, because it's not snow. So yeah, you have right. that going for you. <laughs> and it'll just make you appreciate the sun more when the sun does come out. Yeah. So that's yeah. always an important step. Now, we are here to talk about the, the newest Trends magazine, which really focused on looking at the jobs forecast for going into this year. So, Karina, I think we'll start with you because you talked about the, the statewide jobs angle. And now the first big thing I noticed is really the largest sector of potential job growth is looking at oil and gas. Do you want to talk about that? I think it's oil and gas. Yes, that is oil and gas. Oil and gas does have some good growth uh, forecasted for next year. We anticipate that uh, we'll be up about a thousand jobs, and that is looking at 2023. We added 600 jobs, so it's more than we did last year. Um, but there's some exciting projects on the horizon, and oil and gas in general has been picking up since the pandemic lows. Although we are still considerably below where we were uh, before the pandemic in 2019, we're probably about a quarter still lower than we were before the pandemic. So we're still doing a lot of job recovery. Is that what you're saying? We are doing a lot of job recovery, but there's also some exciting things on the horizon with uh, Willow's developments and Pika as well. So there's some great things on the horizon. Those ones aren't going to be producing for several more years, but things are starting to pick up a little bit there. Okay, I was going to say, I would think Willow would be the reason why we are seeing that increase here in the oil and gas as well as the construction, because obviously they need to start developing that facility so then they can do oil and gas extraction. Yep, construction's where we're going to be seeing it first, for sure, Jordan. Okay. Now, what are some of the other sort of big positives that you're kind of forecasting going into this year? Well, big picture, the, the things that are going to be kind of moving the needle for this next year are the oil and gas jobs, as well as um, the new mine up outside of Toke, uh, the Mancho mine. Those are kind of new, exciting developments. But it, a lot of it really has to do with this infrastructure money that is going to be coming to the state through the federal government. And it's going to start hitting the streets this year. So we expect to see some of those projects moving. It's actually the money has been authorized for a couple of years, but it takes quite a while for it to move through the pipeline and actually become projects. So we think we're going to start to see that activity this year. And that will really be juicing up construction and also what we call professional and business services, particularly uh, engineering and architecture and some of those. Okay. Now, I'm... I want to circle back to through the recovery angle that I, we were talking about a moment ago, because I'm looking at, you know, comparing those job levels pre-COVID to what they're so I'm looking at the forecast now and seeing that that oil and gas is going up. Well, it is good. It looks like it's going up about 8.7 percent. I still see that it's comparatively is still closer to about we've lost 20 percent of those folks from beforehand. Mm hmm. Okay. And you're saying that that's probably largely related to COVID, or is there other factors you think playing a role there? 
Oh, you know, it's it's kind of complicated what's been happening with oil and gas. But we last time we had a peak was probably in 2014, 2015. We lost a lot of oil and gas jobs through the state recession. In fact, that's what tipped off the state recession was the lack of oil and gas jobs. Um, COVID really threw a monkey wrench in things because it ch- changed demand for oil and it affected the ability to get workers where they needed to be to some degree. It was kind of, I mean, the the companies did a lot to moderate that and keep their risk kind of contained, but it was a tricky time. So when we had, think about like manufacturing slowed down a lot during COVID, especially that first year in 2020, and then people stopped traveling. So there was a lot of restrictions there and really just the whole demand changed. And then you had Russia and Ukraine and some oil embargoes and it just got really complicated and everything shifted and we just haven't recovered. Then the country has kind of gotten back to oil production where it used to be. And honestly, our oil production is pretty stable too. It's just that the bodies aren't there yet. So how long can we produce oil with fewer people? I don't know the answer to that, but we are starting to see jobs start to recover. Dan, is there anything you wanted to add to that? It is a, it's kind of murky sometimes exactly what that looks like. Yeah, it's so important for Alaska oil and gas, more for revenue than the job count. But it is still kind of an open question for us why jobs fell as much as they did and why they've been so slow to come back. Because we have about half as many jobs as we had um, eight years ago in oil and gas, and production is not noticeably different. So um, some of that has to do with maintenance and new fields, and it's that whole complicated life cycle of where you are. Willow is a big deal partly because it opens up a new area of the state for additional exploration, but the job counts remain quite low, and and I don't think anybody believes they'll ever get back to where they were just because that was so so high and they came down as hard as they did. So, but like I said, kind of an open question: what's going on with jobs? More important to the state's economy is how much revenue, how much oil production. Right. I think you raise a, you're right that it is a very interesting question for that because to me what it would sound like then, you know, even if there's this, there's still that market for it, it would make me wonder if there's larger economic factors at play. Maybe that because we, when we had that like recession kind of back sort of 2014 time, maybe that sort of shifted the dynamic where it's like even if you, folks wanted to take those jobs, it just became not economically viable for them anymore. And then you throw COVID on top of that where then it's even more not viable to be moving around. And maybe that could be the reason for why we're still seeing that long-term where they're not coming back. Well, one important part of oil nationally is shale oil is so different. The production of shale oil down south, which has gone way up over the last 20 years, to North Slope oil production, which is more traditional, remote work site, just a a, a less, less, uh, I guess, nimble in terms of turning on and off the, the production as shale. So... Um, another complicating factor. Right. And so in that regard, it would be a matter of us having to update kind of how we were doing it if we were able, and then maybe that could play a role in getting folks to come back. Am I kind of understanding? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's they're, they're very, very high-wage jobs. So I was interested to hear a year and a half, two years ago, that they, like everyone, was they were having trouble filling those jobs. Some of that is just what we've talked about a lot, which is the there are fewer people of working age so those people have a lot of choices 
and, and wages are one of the things people are looking for, but not the only thing. But fewer people are apparently willing to do the remote work site situation, not because that anything's changed with that, but just because their workers are in high demand everywhere. So even for those high wage jobs, um, industries has struggled a little bit to fill them. Hmm. It's definitely, it's, there's a lot of questions with very few answers in that area. It really, and, and that's true in some other things too with COVID and how much the disruptions will kind of persist, but, but more true for oil and gas, yes. Okay. Now, we don't have too much time left in this first half, so I want to kind of hit a few more of the, the statewide positives in the forecast. I see you mentioning, you know, the federal infrastructure bill and the Inflation Reduction Act. So how are those helping us kind of going into 2024? Well, really what it's going to be is that some of that money is going to be expended. So we would anticipate seeing construction crews out working on roads and other projects. Those folks are going to be paid. Those will be counted as jobs, obviously. So we're going to be moving into an active phase as opposed to more of a planning phase. But we've been hearing lately that there's going to be about a 10-year spend horizon for this Infrastructure and Inflation Reduction Act money. And so it's going to be some every year and picking up in the next couple of years. So really, this is the first time that we expect to really see an impact, an employment impact from that money. And it's still pretty uncertain to us how much of it we're going to see this year as opposed to in the next couple of years. Okay. And then, Dan, do you want to add on to that? Uh, no, I think that's I think that's a good summary. It's um, Alaska's kind of uh, kind of trying to get its feet, I think, still from from some of the pre-COVID challenges, and this this demographic trend is so important. So that's probably where most of our thinking is, <laughs> trying to figure out how to shed some additional light on things. Yeah, and Dan brings up a good point with um, the demographic shifts and our worker shortage. We are going to have these construction-oriented jobs at the same time as every other state is going to be having similar projects. And about 20% of our construction workers come from out of state and work here on an annual basis anyway. So we are going to be competing with other states and other projects for our workers. And that's going to be a challenge for us in the next couple of years. Gotcha. Well, on that, we are going to move into our break. When we come back, we'll be taking a more focused look and be looking at kind of how that forecast applies for Southeast. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. And welcome back to Action Line on KNY. Joining me still, I have these folks from the Department of Labor. Now, during the first half of the show, we spent a lot of time talking about the statewide sort of jobs forecast. But now I want to focus it back down to us here in Southeast. Now, Dan, I understand that you were the one that wrote this one. Now, the big thing that stood out to me was the noticeable drop in seafood processing jobs. So talk to me a bit about that. Yeah, that's another. I and mean, we talked about oil being a little... Um, hard to figure. Uh, right now, seafood processing, the big question for Southeast is the, the Trident sale. Um, and, and we don't know, I mean, it's, an, it's, it's a plan to sell, but what happens, who buys, all those things are an open question. And then the reason for the, the move by Trident, the, the very low prices, that, that uh, market, what, imbalance is still out there. So, um, and then even you go a few years back, and Karina wrote a couple of articles about this, how the processors managed the pandemic. They did it actually impressively well to keep COVID out and some things like that. But, uh, but yeah, the, it's the, the fishery resource broadly is biologically very healthy. Uh, 
but there's some market forces that are that are going to make things messy for a few years. Um, but but it's but as an economic asset, we I kind of start the article by talking about the things that Southeast has that the rest of the world wants or needs, and our fisheries and mariculture resources. That's that's near the top of that list, despite this kind of short term. I don't know, even maybe use the word chaos in the article. Right. To me, it would be interesting to see if, if there's any environmental factoring into that as well, because obviously there's been issues with fisheries kind of for the last couple of years now. So I would wonder if that plays a role in also lowering seafood processing as well. No, it's a good point, because where the fish have shown up and the quantity, it, it, there's more variability. And that's affected more um, southwest Alaska than southeast so far. But yeah, ocean currents are changing, and, and I agree that's a that's another factor that makes things less less uh, typical from year to year than than what we had previously. And there are always changes in the fisheries, but more so now. Can I chime in on that one for of a course. second? One of the things that's interesting about seafood processing in Alaska is that it's almost 80% non-resident workers, and a lot of them are from. I mean, obviously out of state, some of them out of the country, but the recruitment efforts for that take place in the winter, months and months ahead of kind of like prime time for um, employment. So the processors have to come up with an employment plan far before they have any idea what the harvest is going to look like. So it's a real challenge for them. Okay. And that's a valid point because if you don't know what the harvest is going to be, you don't know how many folks you're going to want to hire for that. And then you can end up lowballing it and then not have enough people or you could highball it and then you hire too many people. Yeah. And you throw in the, the, the fishermen themselves uh, not being sure about prices and their decision whether to fish or not is another variable. Gotcha. Now, the other one that really caught my immediate attention was seeing that the healthcare jobs are going up. Now, talk to me about that. Yeah, we've talked for years about this kind of growth in healthcare is not sustainable, but it just keeps being stronger than average. What what's going on now more than anything probably is the aging population. So eight, the older people are, the more healthcare needs they tend to have and like the state, like the country, the average age is creeping up. So uh, we're pretty confident in forecasting more healthcare growth. There too, there's the issue of finding the workers and, and getting them trained, nurses being at the top of the list, but lots of healthcare occupations. Um, we, need more, we need more of them um, because there's a market for, for the work. Okay. Now, I also see we're still having a lot of uh, net migration, we're having a lot of folks continuing to move out of the state, and that seems to be continuing even going into this, uh, likely going into this, this year as well. Yeah, we just released, or, or we're about to release, I guess, our 2023 uh, population estimates. And we, it will show an, an 11th consecutive year statewide of more people leaving than arriving in Alaska. The, the numbers aren't really big year to year, but that's just a, it's an added challenge for employers who have work when Alaska's giving away more than it's getting, especially of working age uh, people. Okay. Now, another number here that really stands out to me is uh, is the mining jobs. Those tend to seem very stable. No, it, it's exactly the right word. There, there are about 1,100 of them in the region, mostly at the two big general area mines, Kensington and Greens Creek. They're high paying. Uh, they're large uh, property tax contributors to the communities. But we don't always, um, I don't, they're not as visible, maybe. 
but there it's a nice economic asset for the region to have those that number and and the high wages they're 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 about 40% statewide non-resident um but but it's a it's a good asset for the region is is I think the point we try to make in this forecast. Okay. And stable too, like you said. Yeah, that was what I was seeing here. Is like they it doesn't seem to have really any notable percent change. Yep. I mean, yeah, one point seven percent increase exists, but compared to you know the you know minus eight point three percent we see right. with the seafood processing, that's not as much comparably. Now the other kind of sort of thing that I'm kind of looking at here is. You noted that you know the kinds of job openings are reflecting shifts in the job market. Talk to me a bit about that. Yeah, that I mean that's that's mostly the the this idea of, of the labor shortage that there have been a historically large number of open jobs for a while. You you probably covered a little bit with state government, for example, but and we've already talked about oil and gas. Um, uh, so across the economy, there there are an unusually unusually large number and percentage of open jobs. That that is changing a little bit. It looks like, and and one of the reasons maybe that employers have decided they're just going to need to be leaner. But but that that's definitely a theme going forward that employers are going to have to, and, and probably a lot of them have adapt how they hire people. Um, how many maybe they operate with, the numbers are just, uh, there aren't as many of them, even though there's a lot of economic activity where employers would like to hire more if they could. Okay. Now, we don't have too much time left here, so I want to ask the both of you, what do you think is the key takeaway folks should take from these forecasts? You know, I would say that we have some real positives on the horizon. We have strong visitor numbers. We have some federal money coming in. We have some good oil and gas and mine activity uh, in the short term. But big picture, Alaska's growth is fairly anemic, and we haven't been growing much for a decade. We had a long recession. We got hit by hard by COVID, and we're just kind of tepidly coming out of it. We're one of the slower states to recover. And I'd throw in just that demographics uh, are really important. The baby boomers, it was always going to be an issue. Alaska, uh, demographics and quality of life. To the extent we can make Alaska a place where people want to live and where they can afford to live, so housing comes in there, uh, everything else will, will benefit. All righty. Well, on that, that will wrap up the show. Dan, Karina, thank you both for coming in and taking the time to chat with me about those jobs forecasts. It's always good to have that sort of check and be like, hey, how are we looking going into this year? And those can all change. Those are just predictions. After all, it is a forecast. Think of it like the weather. It's only as accurate as it can be. But like I said, thank you both for coming in. Thanks, Jordan. Appreciate it. All righty. You've been listening to Action Line on KINY. Action Line. Weekday mornings. Action Line. If it happens in Southeast, you'll hear it on Action Line. KINY.